Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0 Take, where we talk all things Major League Baseball. Here's Kyle Corwin and Nate Reyes. It all starts right now. Welcome back to the 3-0 Take. This is episode 151, the Tristan McKenzie episode. I'll be your host, Kyle Corwin. I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. Nate. What up, dog? What up? You're at the beach, man. I'm at the beach. It's a... It's quite a situation down here this i know love the fancy setup yeah 150 we talked about just the wild assortment of setups we've had (laughs) in the in the life of this podcast this is probably the the most bizarre i've i've had this podcast is just gonna flow around our life that's just the way it is yeah it's gonna go with it's gonna go with the flow i'm feeling like uh jimmy fallon and fever pitch when he just has to never base his life around the red sox and the schedule, I did the opposite. I decided to go on a beach trip with the with the in-laws, uh, the second to last week, or no, I guess the last week of the regular season. So bring the stuff. Here we are. Here we are. This is our life. Speaking of which, we're uh, we're getting we're getting down to crunch time. A couple teams we are close. Their man. ticket. Yeah, we had a decent list of teams punching already. Right now, what right now? What we got the Rays, Yankees, White Sox, Twins, A's, and only two in the NL right now. I think right, San Diego and LA. I think that's it. Yeah. So um, I know you and I were talking about the AL playoff picture seems pretty, pretty set. It's just the yeah. scene. The final eight for the AL is pretty much set. I think it's the matchups that we see might interchange. I don't see anyone sneaking into that eight spot. So I think, you know, you may see the middle seeds move a little bit. I think the Rays are pretty safe up there. Um, the A's are pretty safe up there. Um, I think one team, I think the Indians could do a little a little shifting, changing things up a little bit. I don't know, man. They're, I feel like their pitching is, uh, they're scary. Like I don't want, to, I would not want to play them. In a three-game set, when you know Bieber is coming at you, when you know Zach Plesac at some point could come at you, when you know our boy Tristan is coming at you, like that isn't fun to face. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that's the thing. I mean, there's things that I've loved and hated about this short season, but that's one of the things about this expanded postseason with the three-game wildcard series that yeah. makes it real exciting because you could apply that logic to a number of teams. Yeah, in the league, especially the American League, where it's like I don't know if I'd want to face that team in the American League. Right, in a three games. Exactly, series. exactly. I think there's there's dangerous teams in there. You can go the opposite side with the lineup and say that a lineup could kind of alter some things. Um, you know, this is something to where I think I think we could get to a point where we could see better offensive numbers during the postseason because of the number of games we're going to see and the number of innings that are going to have to be pitched. The number of bullpen guys that are going to be have have to be used. There's less piece it together one game scenarios. It's it's definitely going to come down to length and depth, and I think I think that's exciting. Not to mention the limited number of off days, right? Because right, no days off. We literally they're cut, games. They're cutting out travel days and all that. Yeah, no travel so, days. I mean, that's it. Lots. Also, of we are in what well, we should say. We're we're we just started the quarantine phase for all the players for the playoff contention. I think that started Sunday. 
Oh, I guess you're right. So I think everybody's from here on out quarantining for like the rest. If you make it all the way, I mean, you're not going to see your family for six weeks or something. Basically till the end of October. Weird times. Yeah. Weird times. But yeah, I mean, I know one team that I've got my eye on right now is the Miami Marlins. Dude, for, 100%. For, for no other reason that I just want to see them maybe squeak out the division. Uh, I'd like that they're like a thorn in everyone's side. I mean, it's fun. they've got four straight starting, I think, tonight as we record here on, what is it, Monday? Monday night, about yeah. 9 o'clock. They've got four straight versus the Braves. Yeah. Before they take on, I think they're closing out the year with the Yankees, actually. But that'd be kind of sick. I think so, too. But one team I'm kind of nervous about is the Phillies. The Phillies, bro, like, they're not a lock. I'm not going to say they're a lock. Because you're talking the Reds. In the in the Giants and then uh was which the by the Brewers? way the red the Reds are heavily talked about right now for good reason. Talk about another rotation that I would not want to fool with in a three game series or really any exactly. series for that matter. But yeah, I don't want none of that. But yeah, the National League at least for this final week is far more exciting. I think so too. But yeah, you got those bottom teams that are. I think seven eight is like a toss up between four different teams right now. And it's, I think that's, this is, I don't know, man. It's kind of dope. It's very similar to like, it reminds me of basketball a little bit when you're watching towards the end of the regular season. It's actually very similar structure wise. You got eight teams in both conferences and, you know, seating and all that stuff. So I, it, it's exciting. You're also talking, you know, those, those bubble teams for like college football playoffs. Can they get into a bowl game? I think it makes the end of the regular season exciting, and that I will admit to that. I don't know if I love the fact that we have 16 teams making it in. Yeah, That's a we, little much in my we mind. We kind of let that slide under the radar. Rob Manfred talking about how this is likely going to roll into next year and beyond. Yeah. I'm pretty I, sure I we called that. That's a little much. And the, the, what sucks is that this is something that isn't easily swapped back 10 or 15 years down the road when Manfred's gone and we have a new commissioner. This isn't something where it's almost like once you extend teams into, into postseason, it's like this is here for good and really, really good, like long time, which I don't want to see a 500 team sneak into the postseason. I don't, you didn't, you need to put more emphasis on the regular season, not less. I mean, even an under 500 team could, I'm sure. Seriously though. If the math added up, yeah. I'm sure you could somehow sneak one of those teams in. Some really top heavy teams up there that have great records. You could see below 500. And I, I don't think that's deserving of postseason baseball. No. And on top of that, you completely just cancel out any importance that the regular season holds because it's like, exactly. well, I'm going to check out until October or exactly. late September when it's time to tune back in to see how my sub 500 team is playing to see if we can yeah. crack a playoff yeah. spot. What, no, what I'm not doing? a fan. I'm not a fan. I could maybe, you know, we could talk about something as a compromise, but mm, I don't let's like talk it. about Tristan McKenzie, my guy. That was fun, man. 
Talking to him was fun. Really intelligent dude. He's a dude, man. Really well-spoken, really intelligent. And you can just, you can tell he's, a, he's just put together. And I think you mentioned it in the interview where it's like, that has to be a part of the organization's thought process when they draft somebody, when they're bringing someone up, when they talk about a starter role versus a reliever role, things like that. It's how they're put together. How well are they mentally, you know, are, can they articulate a game? Because there is a, it is a game within a game mentally. And it's like this kid has it down pat in my mind. Yeah, I mean, I was telling him in the interview that I think he's years ahead of his time. Like, yeah, the dude, like you said, brilliant guy. And I mean, I think he mentioned in there that he was, if he wasn't playing baseball, he'd he'd be uh, a doctor. Which, right? Not putting that past him at all. Seems like he could fit yeah. into that role super easy. Yeah. Uh, but he just seems like he's so much, like I said, ahead of his time to where he. He is not just out there throwing. He's pitching. He knows yeah. how to get guys out. He knows how to make them swing and miss. Yeah. And he's not just some young buck that's coming up here just trying to get his feet wet. Like, he's already making an impact. Right. Exactly. And that's why he was being talked about so much after his debut. And, and Make his mark, dude. Make his mark. I, he's here for good. Uh, he's in that rotation for good. Fact. Doesn't matter how things shake up with this postseason, he will be in the rotation moving forward for the Indians next year and beyond. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, not to, we talked to Zach. I love Zach. Please Zach. He's fun to watch. He's a really good baseball player, but obviously right now he's kind of under the microscope for his mentality and his maturity. I, that's, I don't, I can't even imagine that being an issue for, for Tristan. He's just, the mental state is there. And even with this COVID stuff and the quarantine stuff, he's like, yeah, whatever. Like I'm locked in. I'm good. This I'm a, I'm a homebody anyway. I'm a Netflix and chill kind of guy. So this works. Well, I don't want to make the people wait any longer. Nate, should we just dive into it? Send it. Without further ado, Tristan McKenzie. All right. So we're here with Cleveland Indian right-hander, Tristan McKenzie. Tristan, thanks for hopping on with us, man. My pleasure. Great to be with you guys. So we just talked about it coming off a, a little bit of a skid, but you got that dub last night. Yep. How does it feel to uh, be a part of it? Uh, I mean, huge one. The, the, the vibes in the, in the clubhouse are very good right now. I think uh, we kind of, we were going through that little losing streak in terms of like, I think we weren't hitting. And then when we were hitting, we weren't pitching and stuff wasn't kind of meshing up. And I think the fact that we had Bieber out on the mound and then, uh, Jose had a great day at the plate for his birthday yesterday. So I think a lot of stuff and kind of like just, just the, the mentality we kept through it uh, was good. And I think yesterday was, was big for the team and we're moving in the right direction right now. So I think Kyle said it like the most accurate, like you're officially a part of it. Like every, like the debut is now weeks ago. Everybody knows that you carved, but like you're officially a part of this thing. Like you're a part of the run you're already kind of making like your staple and that point in the rotation for next year. Like, how does that feel for you personally? Uh, I, it like, a, it all, it all feels like a, a learning process almost. Cause I feel like, yeah, my debut's behind me and yeah, I'm starting to kind of settle in a little bit, but at certain times it still feels like these guys are a team. These guys are a unit and they're, they're really working. And I'm like still trying to like pick up the pace and, 
get to that level where everything runs kind of smooth. And I think we're starting to hit that, that rhythm as a team too. So, I mean, you kind of touched on it already, but it seems to be the story that's kind of hanging over. I won't, I won't say it's a cloud hanging over you, but it seems to be what everybody's talking about, what everybody's thinking about when they hear your name. Let's talk about your debut. Walk us through what that was like. I had, uh, I could close my eyes and relive the whole day. If you let me, um, it was, it was literally just a bundle of nerves beforehand. And then once I kind of got out into the field, everything kind of became what it was supposed to be in terms of like just the game that I played over and over since I was a little kid. Uh, and I just kind of went out there and, and had fun as best I could without, without freaking out, uh, trusted kind of the guys around me and just let stuff happen. Do you think I, it was easier without fans? Like did, did that make a difference for you nerve wise? Uh, I think, it was, I think it was a little bit of give and take. I think the fact that I had a good game, if fans were there, it probably would have amped everything up. But then yeah. again, my nerves beforehand would have probably been even, even more through the roof. <laughs> I literally had to have somebody like slap me on my back to like kind of expel some of it. <laughs> I've been pulling for you guys that have been making your debuts this season. I, I just feel terrible for you guys. It, it's, <laughs> it's just got to be so sucky to – like you finally reach this point, you're like, this is my dream. And then it's like, I'm pitching in no, front of a couple staff members. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know. At the end of the day, it's still the big league. So I, I've been ecstatic since day one. All right. So when I like stick my arms out, I feel probably, like. Probably not as far as mine. <laughs> like mine go a normal distance. I saw something that you did. What was it like the, oh, like the post oh. where you could like. Touch the floor and then touch the top of like the door frame, right? Yeah, that was probably like my senior year, or maybe like right after I just got drafted. Uh, we were just talking about wingspan, and oh, Tristan, what's your wingspan? And I ended up being able to touch the floor and like touch the top of like I don't know how high the door frame is, it might be seven feet, but I got up to the top of the door frame. And you can like, I just can't even imagine because by the time like you're done and you get your stride out, and, like, you're all the way down the hill. But it's got to feel like you're halfway there already. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's uh, such a long reach. I hope the hitter feels like I'm halfway there. That's, <laughs> that's who it's important to. Um, I mean, I think my length is a big part as to, to why I'm in the pitcher and using that length to my advantage. I, don't, I wouldn't necessarily feel like I'm halfway down the mound yet. But. I hope you it know that, like, like, the first thing that pops up on our Google suggestions is Tristan McKenzie wingspan. Like, <laughs> not not I'm debut, just, not Indians, it's wingspan. I'm surprised it's not Tristan McKenzie weight. <laughs> like, well, like, I feel like it'd be, like, weight, height, wingspan. Well, getting into that, your nickname, I saw that your nickname is Dr. Sticks, and I saw there's a, there's a story behind that. Let us hear about that a little bit. Okay, so, I mean, kind of growing up, uh, I was always, like, the smart kid. I always wanted to be a doctor, honestly. So on my, on my travel team, when I was like 12 or 13, we got to pick our own nicknames. And since then, like, I wanted to be Doc. Uh, I watched a lot of Doc Gooden highlights. And I just thought it was the coolest thing. Like, he was out there carving hitters up, like, being a doctor on the mountain. It was, like, my idol. And I've always gotten the skinny thing. And then I end up getting into pro ball. And one of my teammates, like, he, he heard about my old nickname. And then he just kind of combined it with the fact that I was skinny. He used to start, he used to, he started calling me Sticks. And it stuck. Like Dr. Sticks, Dr. Sticks, Dr. Sticks, and it's stuck. Like it's my PSN name. Like I go, I, I use it for a lot of stuff actually now. 
is that so some, is that something that you like or is that something yeah. where it's like it was given to you and you're just like <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll run with it it's kind of inescapable i was i'm not going to get away from being sticks or being skinny or just kind of everybody noticing it so I, I might as well own it for what it is so that's a better nickname when i when i was a kid when kyle and i were playing little league together i made like some stupid remark or did something stupid <laughs> on the field i was and like 11 stuck. and like our, our coach called me dopey like like one of the dwarves like, <laughs> yeah and it stuck for like my like up until high school i had to leave the i had to move across the country to get a new freaking nickname so at least you like yours um so you're from new york yes the doc is your idols i mean you're a mets fan no no I, so i grew up a yankees fan there we go we're good now we're settled that, that's that's, that's unfortunate yeah. i'm an indian fan now back there yeah for sure yeah. no yeah. now yeah that's the right answer yeah. <laughs> Anybody that we ever, anybody that we ever bring on here, we know that that's the that's their politically correct answer. Yeah, but we want to we want to get into the nitty gritty. We want to find out who you okay. actually like. So glad to know. <laughs> so are you uh, are you hyped to um, to get that opportunity to pitch back in New York again and like, um, you know, eventually have fans there and family and stuff like that. See that that would be the biggest thing for me in terms of like you just having like people that that watch me grow up or family that I that I've known my whole life being able to like physically see the the fruits of my labor and being able to see there in person is going to be huge for me. Uh when we get fans uh big spots for me are going to be Florida and 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 New York. Are you buying in that we're going to have fans in this postseason at some point? Do you believe it? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> You're asking the wrong guy. That's way above <laughs> my pay grade if you're being honest. All right, that's fair. So, I mean, on that note, what's it, I mean, what's it been like? You, you've made five starts. So you kind of, you, like, like Nate said, we're past your debut. We're, you're kind of getting in the, in the swing of things. What's it been like having to deal with all of the policies and, and travel and all that? Like what is, what are some of the things that maybe the, the average baseball fan doesn't see from the outside that, that you guys have to deal with? It's, it's very how would I explain? It's not, I wouldn't say it's strenuous. It's more, it's more tedious. It's, there's little things we have to do every day in terms of like waking up and taking your temperature and make sure everything's okay. And then get into the field and making sure all your credentials are right. But then we have to do testing every other day and it's, it's only going to increase uh, with the postseason coming up. Uh, we might even have to go into a bubble. Uh, we're definitely gonna have to go into a bubble, but uh, just stuff like that in terms of like just policies and, and weight room, uh, training room policies, all that stuff has to has to change in terms of how you interact with your teammates, how you interact with your your staff, and just the flow and ebb of the game, and uh, making sure you're ready for the game is is a lot different than I think it would be in a normal season. So, right, let me ask you this: like, you started off the season in the alternate site, and for us fans, like I'll tell you on our side, the alternate site is like this parallel universe that there's no cameras like we have no idea where these places are it doesn't Can you exist, shed some but light? nobody but nobody has like videos of it yeah there's area, area 51 it's there yeah <laughs> but we've never seen any like scrimmage video anything talk to us about the alternate site like what's it like it's it's a, it's a grind over there man it's everybody's out there just kind of working for the opportunity to play in a, in a big league baseball game but you never know when that'll come uh, this season is really weird in, in that aspect where a lot of guys are getting opportunities, but 
you don't know if it's your opportunity yet. So from that aspect, it's a grind. But uh, I think everybody over there is really like-minded in terms of like everybody's working towards the same goal. So I think everybody pushes each other, which is really good. Is there – how many how many dudes you got over there? Uh, 30-ish, a little under. Okay, so you can enter squad back and forth, and is that pretty much the daily kind of situation? Daily, daily thing. You have starters throwing, you have relievers throwing. Uh, you kind of have to split the position players up to to get a semblance of a game. But I, you do the best you can and just kind of go out there and have guys compete against each other. So, I mean, now that you're up with the, the big squad, who who is a guy or maybe two or maybe even more than two, who's a guy that um, – Whose wing you're kind of flying under a little bit, trying to trying to learn the ropes. Everybody's uh, Bieber's especially. That's a easy name to throw out, but Bieber's especially. But I mean, I think it's it's a little bit of a little bit of um, of knowledge from everybody. Like Frankie's come down and, and sat and talked to me, which was huge for me. Lindor's come and sat down and talked to me, and then interacting with the guys with experience that I'm going to be working closely involved with, like Sandy Leone or, or Bebo, kind of like trying to pick their brains about how they go about pitching and how I go about pitching and trying to like match up there or even just talking to Savali, like who's had several great starts talking to police who's had several great starts talking to Carrasco who goes out there and he pitches his ass off every time. It's, it's guys like that. It's, it's easy to kind of get behind them and just kind of like pay attention to what they do, less ask questions and more just like see how they go about things because they're all really good at their jobs. You mentioned Frankie. Do you are are you like consciously thinking about the fact that you have one of the best shortstops, if not the best shortstop in the league? Every time every, you go out there, every time, every time he comes up to bat. Every so when we're at home, we're allowed to sit in like these little dugout suites behind home plate. They're kind of like under the stands, and you can see like up to the field. And pretty much like all the hitters when they get on deck, they can see us. Like all the starting pitchers that aren't throwing that day, or like kind of the reserve guys that are waiting to get in the game. Uh, and every time Frankie comes up, I'm like, I feel like his biggest fan. Like, I feel like a fan, a little kid in the stands, like Francisco Lindor is about to come up and hit. I, and I get to watch it like, firsthand. So cool. What, what's one thing about the Indians that you feel like isn't talked about enough? Everybody Our talks bats. about your pitching. You're solid. But what's, what's something else? Yeah. That's 100%. Uh, I think, I think they, they haven't been getting a lot of love in the media because we haven't been swinging it too hot right now. But. When you look at our lineup top to bottom, I feel like we have the potential to do damage day in and day out. Uh, Cesar Hernandez, Jose Ramirez, Francisco Lindor, Carlos Santana, Framel Reyes, Tyler Naquin, uh, like those names have been hot. And, and I think we can do it day in and day out. And I think we're just, we're gonna, once we find the rhythm and once we kind of hit that groove, especially coming up here close to the postseason, we have some important games coming up. I think everybody will kind of realize that. As you kind of just touched on, you guys are heading into the postseason, most likely. At this point, you guys, last I checked, you guys hold one of the wild card spots. And so coming in, having only made five starts, what's it like having been part, like just being kind of inserted into into a into a postseason race? Uh it I like the the energy in the in the clubhouse in terms of like they don't necessarily let it get bigger than than what it is. Uh, I feel like we're hunting first place, but we're still a team that's kind of trying to trying to find that that mesh, and we're gonna we're gonna do it like really soon here. And I think the the fact that we've been in first place before, we know what it takes to to stay there. So I don't think anybody's worried on this side. What's it like not having your manager, bro? Like 
that's that's huge i feel like francona is just this this like dad that I, anyone could go to at any time you know what i mean and he's not there uh definitely uh tito tito's a man and i think he builds a great culture in in the clubhouse in the first place so even though he's not necessarily there the clubhouse is doing a very good job of keeping up with what tito expects and i think sandy's doing a good job of kind of keeping everybody in line and kind of keeping everybody's head on their shoulders in terms of like you guys know the reason we're here. Tito, Tito has his has this routine. He has this culture, and you guys need to keep it up and kind of like stay along those lines. I don't want to put you on the hot seat or anything here, but I know Nate and I were kind of curious because we had talked. Uh, we'd actually talked with Plesak a mm-hmm. number of weeks ago, I guess, or maybe a couple months ago at this point. But obviously, all the all the stuff that went down with that, I know we were curious about what tito's role in all of that was because it's obviously at the time he was removed from the situation but right now and even then what is his his role been as a manager is he, is he staying in contact with you guys is he just fully removed altogether like what has that been like uh i think right now tito has to focus on his health uh right but again i couldn't really partake in that because i wouldn't be the one to, to talk to him so it's kind of like coaches are talking to him a little bit and they're getting their conversations in yeah i think it's more he's talking with the front office staff and the coaches mm-hmm. yeah and just keeping keeping the focus in the clubhouse kind of on what's going on on the field okay yeah that makes sense so in terms of your starts as i said you've made five already uh sitting with a record i think of Two and one, three and two one, one, two and one, solid. So you've pitched so far at Some obviously nice progressive. Places. Yeah, you pitched progressive, progressive Bush, Kaufman, uh, and Target. Is that correct? Perfect. Spot on. Which of those so far have, have you been your favorite? Uh, progressive because I pitched well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say like overall stadium, probably, probably Bush. Just feeling the history in St. Louis in terms of like seeing all the world championship banners and seeing kind of like their their retired numbers, seeing Ozzy Smith's name on the board. And it, I don't know, it's just, it was really cool to me in that aspect. So, what's a place that you haven't pitched in yet that you're looking forward to pitching the most? The Yankee Stadium, but I don't know when that's going to come. Even though it's just not like there's just not that much history. Nate, Chill, bro. you know you know this, Nate. There's no, there's just no history. Chill, bro. That doesn't matter, dude. It it's, does. It's no different. Tristan's, Tristan's gonna take this and he's gonna answer it better. Bro, than it's no different than like a target field. Let's be honest. Okay, I'm listening. I want to hear this. <laughs> nah. It's... No, I'm I'm a so we tell everybody that comes on here. I'm a Sox guy. Nate's a Yankees guy. And for me, the fact that they decided to close up shop at Old Yankee Stadium to me is just a an unforgivable sin the fact that that even happened <laughs> it's falling apart bro on but no no oh we're gonna say fenway's not falling apart like but it's still standing of, clumps of concrete falling on people when they're walking to their seats and stuff all that to say that. all that to say yankee stadium for me just doesn't hold the same mystique but for you tristan what's what's something about pitching in new york that you would that would appeal to you most i think just kind of like when I was growing up, just growing up being a Yankees fan, whenever I pictured myself pitching in a big league stadium, it was never pitching down in Miami or pitching anywhere but Yankee Stadium. Like, that's, like, what I grew up envisioning, wanting to play and be, wanting to be there. I think just kind of, like, actually actually having it happen would be surreal. So, in those visions, obviously, you got 
45, 50,000 people cheering for you. I would ideally I without COVID, you know what I'm saying? The next time you're going to be in Yankee Stadium with a full crowd, they're probably not going to be cheering for you. What's that going to be like, man? They're hovering over you, steep stands, loud boo. I, I, I kind of like that. Uh, okay. I mean, I, as growing up a Yankees fan, I always pictured myself pitching pitch at Fenway too, but didn't hold the same mystique. <laughs> I was a dick. Um, <laughs> um, Kyle's so stuck I, right now. <laughs> I think uh, – I think it, I think it'll just kind of enhance like my my competitive level. Uh, I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna try and compete. And I think the fact that I'll have people actually vividly wanting me to not succeed, I'm gonna want to succeed even more for the boys. On that note of competing, in the starts I've seen you make thus far, I gotta say it seems as though you're you're like years ahead of your time. It seems to me that in terms like that that debate between being a pitcher and a thrower between that dichotomy, it seems as though you know how to get guys out and you know how to get guys to swing and miss. What are, what are some things right now that you're focusing on in between your starts and what are things that you plan on focusing slash working on once you head into the off season? Uh, right now it's right now it's, it's less of a learning process and more of just kind of like attacking my strengths. Uh, and then I think kind of moving into the off season is kind of it's it's gonna develop more into a uh, learning learning hitters a little bit more in terms of like the league is very repetitive in terms of you're, you're gonna face a lot of guys over and over so learning what their weaknesses are and learning how to exploit them consistently and going back and forth between that and your strengths to be successful and to kind of like be be the most competitive pitcher you can day in and day out. I was going to ask you that. So not really traveling out of the central, not really facing dudes outside of that region. Do you feel like that's been a little weird for you seeing guys over and over again for sometimes, you know, three or four series, you know, in, the, in two weeks? Not necessarily. I mean, it feels very much like the Carolina league, which I pitched in, in, in 17, where it's not necessarily a big league. And when I was in that league, a lot of comparisons I would get would be like, this is going to be a lot like the big leagues where you're playing the same guys over and over and over. Uh, even in some of my recent starts, I faced the Royals. I got five days and then I faced the Royals again. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like more just knowing what those guys are looking for out of you and, and knowing what the scouting report is and kind of trusting the guy behind the plate. And then also having faith in yourself and the guys behind you that whatever he puts down, whatever you throw is going to get hit right to somebody or it's not going to get hit at all. So in terms of guys you face, walk us through, I think it was your first, first start, if I remember correctly, Miguel Cabrera. What was that like? Fastball down the way. It's kind of down. I could, I could remember, I could tell you that whole at bat top to bottom. I could probably tell you the whole first inning top to bottom. My question is surrounding that at bat. I know a lot of times when, when guys get asked like, Oh, like, what do you remember about your, your first game, your first, your first live hitter, whatever your first AB, they're just like, oh, I just blacked out. I can't really remember. It just happened so fast. Do you, do you consciously remember like, did that really sink in the fact that you're facing one of the best right-handed hitters, one of the best hitters of our generation in general? Uh, I mean, from South Florida growing up, Miggy's like, South Florida legend, especially like coming up on that that 2003 Marlins team that won, 
and then and then just being being who he is uh is definitely huge but i uh, i mean i don't know they they could probably show it again but i kind of i got my first two outs in the inning and then miggy walks up and i was just like miggy and like i turned around had to like look at center field and be like okay like still the same game like you still have to go out there and like attack him like he's just another guy and i kind of turned around and i felt like i did a good job of it even as much as it looked like I was focused and intent, like, oh, I'm going to get this guy. I was like, holy shit, this is Miggy. Like, lock it in, kid. <laughs> That's nuts. All right, man. Talk to me about Tristan off off the field. Talk to me about, or I mean, are we, are we a PlayStation, Xbox kind of dude? Obviously, you're intelligent. Are we, are we reading? Are we t- practicing for, you know, doctor's exams? Like, what do we got going on? As of late, no doctor's exams big on the playstation they'll have you on the playstation right yeah i'm thinking uh, if, i'm thinking if tristan went out his major league debut and gives up six runs we might be looking at the doctors <laughs> his hands but he goes out there dice is 10 he's like i don't need a doctor's exam i'm set <laughs> exactly um i'd say like if i had to like sum myself up it's my like my headphones my speaker so like i need some music uh my playstation and just some clothes. I'm big on like Netflix. I'm, I don't really go. do much. I like to I like to relax when I'm outside the field. I like to let baseball be baseball, and then like when I'm out here, I like to kind of decompress and kind of get away from the game a little bit as much as I can. So you're okay with the hotel vibe? Then you're like this. This works for you. Yeah, this is nice. <laughs> I mean, being being at home would be a lot better, but this I I can't really complain when they put us up like this. We had, what do we uh, got on PlayStation though? What do we? What was MLB the show? We got COD. No, what do we got? I'm out on. I'm out on the show. It gets on my nerves too much. <laughs> Thank you. For sure. It's <laughs> such a frustrating game. So frustrating. Uh, I did once. Once I got put in the game, though, I did play it for a little bit. Got to as ex- uh, as, but, as expected. But I play a lot of this. It's a it's a first person shooter called Apex. It's a battle royale. So I play a lot of Apex. Mm-hmm. I play a little bit of Call of Duty. I used to play Fortnite, but not really anymore, and some MLB. But I'm pretty low key on that front. What do you got? What do you got in the headphones before a start? And does it differ from the days in between your starts? You you vibe into something else on your start days? It kind of goes based on my mood, just kind of how I'm feeling going into the game and how I'm feeling like I need to to get to to be game ready. If I'm feeling a little too amped, like I like I was day one, I was listening to some slow R and B, some old nineteen ninety nineties two thousands R and B. But if I need to kind of get up a little bit, I listen to more of what I normally listen to, which is Young Boy, Roddy Rich, kind of any new rap right now. I'm listening to a lot of Tusi. I don't know. It, it I'm kind of all over the place because I'll go from that to to listen to Bobby Caldwell. Okay. All right. Really so there's all definitely the some variety. Yeah. I was going to ask you, so I like to play this game with like my family. If, if there's one song on your phone, when you're like, you pull up to it, like you got windows down, you're blaring, you're blasting it, you're riding alone. You pull up to a stoplight and there's cars there waiting for you already. What's this song that you turned down? Cause you're a little embarrassed about. Oh, you're like I can't, I can't have this blast thing anymore. Um, 
This is a no judgment zone, by the way. We won't <laughs> unless it's like the Barney theme song or something. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what song like I've done that to. I'm pretty. I'm pretty. Ah, wow. Pretty pretty confident with you what got you got. Got him stumped, man. He's been he's <laughs> yeah. been on top of all of our questions. I think you got him stumped on this one. I'm I really am. I got to think because I feel like it is what it is. Like I'm gonna listen to it regardless. I listen to I listen to some Spanish music and I get I catch some okay. weird looks. Okay. I mean, oh, it, I mean it's, that's just, it's it's a part of the clubhouse culture. Yeah. yeah, it's part of the, it's part of the clubhouse culture, and I really enjoy it. And then I kind of get outside, and people are like looking at me like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> too. Yeah, you got I'd a little bit of that that Latin vibe in the clubhouse for sure. We got a big Latin presence. I mean, when you have Francisco Lindor, who's a really swaggy guy, it's hard not to rub off on everybody else. That guy has so much drip. It's just like I follow him on Instagram and it's just, it's insane when he comes out, like even pregame. Pregame, postgame, his, I wish, I wish people would take more pictures of him showing up to the field because elite level drip. (laughs) By the the way, you need to tell him from, from this point moving forward, 100% pants down. I don't know what it is. Frankie. He just looks fire with yeah, it does not, look fire. They're not, they're not like the baggy Manny Ramirez type pants. No, it's but got the little gap. Got the little, little gap, gap where you still see the socks. Uh, granted, he rocks those those like retro straps pretty pretty hard, but the pants down look, I'm a huge fan of. Yeah, big time. Okay. I'll see if I can mention it to him, but <laughs> he makes he makes a little good either way. So I don't I don't think he's gonna change. Facts. Uh you gotta come back to us with that song though. I'll I'll let you think on it a little bit. The song's tough, man. And this is a tough game. Honestly, I've played it with my family a bunch, and it's like it's, a couple... it's not it's it's not something that I normally think of. I know. But it's it's hard. He kind of even like when you're, even when you're, it a little bit. Even when you were prepping the question, I wasn't even thinking you were headed that way. <laughs> when you head when I'm telling you, when you're like scrolling through music, you'll the next time you you're rolling through and you're on shuffle and you're like, I don't know if I would have that one blasting. Maybe like Michael Scott, where he pulls up. It's Britney, bitch. It's like it's Lady Gaga, but <laughs> see, like, I see, but I'm not. I told you, I'm not like scared. Like one of my favorite yeah. songs that I would blast is "Party in the USA" by Miley Cyrus. Okay, banger. <laughs> banger. Not stressed if someone's sitting there waiting for you at the stoplight already. Because I feel like at that point they're just gonna have to start singing along. That's very, very true. Facts. Very fair. So you mentioned you mentioned Netflix. What are you what are you uh binging on Netflix? House of Cards. Oh, okay. Uh but I've watched that. I've watched Ozark. I've watched Breaking Bad. Uh I haven't really watched anything like super, super recently outside of House of Cards, but the, we got a lot of time to pass. So I'm oh, always on there. All of those have been recommended to me. Which one would you say I need to put at the top of the list? Ozark and then Breaking Bad and then House of Cards. Ozark is, Breaking Bad gets a little slow. Ozark definitely keeps you entertained. And it's, it's, there's going to be a new season soon. So Ozark's nuts, man. It's really good. I've been getting a lot really of recommendations good. for that. It's, it's a little – there are episodes where you're like – you don't feel so great afterwards. You're like, that was rough, man. That was like, Wendy's my favorite character. It's they're it's so intelligent though that yeah. like the way they like worm their way out of situations. 
I feel like it always keeps you thinking and you're like, wow, I would never have thought of that. Yeah. Really good show. Really good show. All right. I guess it's been decided then. <laughs> um, you got a, you got a favorite pizza place in New York? Not in New York. Uh, I have a favorite pizza spot in Cleveland. Okay. What do we got? Pizza 216 on Euclid Avenue. Really good pizza. It's my what, favorite spot to go. What's it about that place versus the others that makes it your favorite? I think just kind of growing up in South Florida, you get pizza, but it's a lot of a lot of like my family that would come down and be like, oh, it's not New York pizza. It's not New, it's not New York pizza. Mm-hmm. And I never really got the opportunity opportunity to kind of go up to New York and like experience pizza for what it is, especially because of what they what they say. But the the pizza the pizza Cleveland two one six is better than pizza I've had in, in Florida my whole life. So top of the list. Are you a foodie on the road? Like, are you trying to? hit up certain spots when you're when you're traveling especially in between start days and all that not right now but i definitely am a foodie in terms of like i like to eat a lot of different stuff i'm really picky at the same time which is weird but uh i wouldn't say there's any any specific spots i'm i stick to my chipotle heavy (laughs) and for the record i was asking with the assumption that it was a grub hub or a DoorDash type situation. I know you all are, you guys aren't uh, making your way. I like to, honestly, but then that's, that's another reason for me. Like when I, when I want to be a foodie, like I want to sit and like immerse myself into like, oh, this is a restaurant that I saw on dives, uh, diners, drive-ins and and dives. Like I want to go and sit and like experience the restaurant for what it is. That's valid. That's valid. I actually do that. I do like the, I look up diners, drive-ins and dives restaurants. Yeah, you know, like go try them out. They're you ever watch that show, Kyle? I know what you're talking about. I have my man, Guy Fieri. That guy's yeah. the dude. Yeah, he, he makes sorry. you he makes you want to enjoy food. Yeah, no, Kyle just likes like chicken nuggets and mac and cheese and stuff. Chipotle, <laughs> my favorite. I, I'm a Chipotle guy. Or is what you eat on a start day different from what you like? Are do you have a routine for your your meals on on start day? Chipotle. Like it's a must-have. That's bold. Oh, that's so crazy. That's bold. Is it a burrito? It's, yeah, the bowl. I, I, it's a bowl. I've been like this since like my senior year of high school. So my senior year of high school, before every start, I would eat Chipotle, and it was like a a thing for me to like feel full and feel heavy on the mound as much wow. as I could before before I would go out there. So I felt like I was I would you know sit in my legs a little bit and throw harder. I think that's just different for pitchers, man. I I can't imagine having. Chipotle before man. a game. I just, <laughs> you guys are weird, it's man. Just, it's not like, it's not like right before. It's more, yeah, yeah. It's more middle of the day and I have to snack pretty light before the game just to, to keep me up. That's fair. That's fair. I've recently discovered the bowl with the tortilla on the side. You make your own burrito, you get twice as much food. That's the move. Bowl, tortilla, chips, and drink. Done. Facts every time. <laughs> so Tristan, don't want to take up too much of your time. I got a couple more questions here for you to to close us out. Question I wanted to get your take on: Would you rather lead the league in ERA or strikeouts? Strikeouts, hundred percent. I'm all about punchies. Punchies are sexy. Love it. <laughs> Ladies love punchies. <laughs> if there was a moment in baseball history that you could go back and relive, and be a part of, be a fan. What would it be? 1999 All-Star Game. I love that answer. 
I don't know, Nate. I don't know if we've gotten that answer before. That's pretty solid, actually. Yeah. And the fact be, that you had that on deck, you're ready to go with that. I I like I've had I've had a couple, but top two were probably that and watching uh, Jeter's play. Like I just want to see it because I imitated it so much as a kid. I'd want to see it like live and in person. I feel like you had a few. Are you talk? You're talking about the jump throw. Yeah, I'm talking about the jump throw. Uh, I don't know anything Jeter related. I'd be in. I love the fact that Kyle just announced that there was a few because he did have a few. I, I mean, <laughs> I can acknowledge. I can acknowledge that Jeter was all right. I, I'm tired of the. I'm really tired of the Jeter, Jeter's overrated slander. It's like, oh it's yeah, like, it drives like, me crazy. Tristan, Tristan we we got people we got people hitting us up in the comments, uh, being like, he's most overrated hall of famer of all time and i'm like okay well he's a first ballot wow. hall of famer but then i'm like even if he gets in on his last ballot even if he is overrated and gets in on his last attempt, hall still a yeah. hall of famer that's that's my whole point with that situation but i don't know when he got three thousand hits when he got three when he got three thousand hits i changed like my clan tag on call of duty i think it was black ops 2 i don't remember what call of duty it was but i changed my clan tag to dj 3k <laughs> i was just that big of a fan respect that's big time Who's a guy other than uh, – I'll say, who's a guy not named Mike Trout that you are looking forward to facing the most? There's a lot. There's a lot of dudes. There's a – like, I want I, – I just want to face the best of the best, if we're being honest. And, like, for me to face, like – I got to watch Bieber punch out Yelich. I thought it was the coolest thing because, like, I play with him on MLB The Show. He rakes. <laughs> rakes. But, like, just guys like that. So, Yelich, watching, like, Pete Alonzo or, like, Vladdy. And then some of my friends that are in the league or guys that I, have like, grew up playing with. Like, I really want to face Bo Bichette in the big leagues. He kind of – he has my number in the minors, but I'm going change that. Okay. That's dope. Nate, that's all I got before our uh, big grand finale. So if you got anything else. That's it for me, man. Send it. Send it. So I Tristan, like we ask this to every guest that we have on. It's probably the most controversial question we'll ever ask. Mint chocolate chip ice cream or no? I don't like ice cream. So that's out. Oh, wow. I didn't expect that answer. It's out. See, that's a, that's a, I feel like that's a no contest. Oh, yeah, that's tough. That's tough. That's tough for me because I'm I'm very much anti mint chocolate chip, but I like ice if, cream. That's tough. If I'm not big on chocolate with ice cream though, like mint mint chocolate, and even like the York peppermint patties, it's like no. Yeah, those are <laughs> little mints at Olive Garden too. Those things suck. Yeah, no, those I'm out. Slap. You guys are crazy. Ridiculous, <laughs> bro. I'm not. I'm not counting that Nate as a no contest. I'm for the record. I'm just going to count that. Yeah, as Kyle's a, getting blown out on this. On this, by the way, we ask you. every player, and it's not. Really. Yeah, guys love mint chocolate chip, huh? Yeah, it's, it's overrated. Tristan, you, you're starting uh, tomorrow. Is that correct? We're recording here on Friday. You got the start tomorrow. Correct. Anything you're uh, looking forward to in that particular start? Anything you'll be focusing on? You get to face Miggy again. Hopefully, he doesn't take it out take it back out on me. I have bad feelings. I don't know. Playing, playing against guys like that, I think I'm always going to remember. Just the history of baseball is cool. And the fact that, like, I get to say, like, oh, I pitched against Miggy. It's going to be huge for me 
I'll, I'll hold on to that forever. <laughs> Solid. Well, best of luck, man. I uh, appreciate you hopping on with us and we'd love to have you on sometime in the future. Thanks, Kyle. My pleasure, dude. My pleasure. Appreciate you, man. Um, yeah, good luck. Quarantine up this last week and uh, go do your thing in the postseason, but not against the Yanks. No promises, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no promises. All right. So that was the Tristan McKenzie conversation. Nate, what are your thoughts? We alluded to it, bro. Like he's just, he's mentally there. He's um, just well put together, but he's, he's also fun, easy going. You can tell that he's kind of just a sponge right now, being in that rotation, getting to learn from guys, having, you know, Roberto Perez behind the dish, having a Carlos Santana at first. Frankie Lindor swag is just, you know, spreading throughout that clubhouse. It's a good clubhouse vibe again. And I will say again, because they did have issues weeks ago. Um, and, you know, I think that, I don't know, I like him. I think he's going to, I think he really is here for a while. I think that's very evident. Yeah. And I think he's got that at least from our perspective as a, as a fan, it's cool to see. He still has that. I mean, given that he's been up in the league for basically a cup of coffee, yeah, he still has that healthy balance for a young kid where it's like, I'm, I've got Frankie Lindor behind me when I'm on the yeah. mound. Like, this is so cool. Like he was talking about yeah. being basically like his biggest fan when he's out there watching from the little suites or whatever, but he's got that, but he also knows that like, yeah, I am here to stay. This is my job and this is what I have to do. And yeah. I can, I would imagine that that is credited to, as we've said, his ability to kind of hone into that brilliance that he has. And mm -hmm. I think that really yeah. shows. Smart, not cocky, has fun and really talented. And has burritos on every start day. What a, Bro, what? What a bold move. I no still, shot. And, I mean, because he said it started in high school. I had a Chipotle across the street in high school. We weren't there all the time. Never on game day. I would never have Chipotle on game day. With fear of things happening while I'm running the base. Well, you're a you're a <laughs> specimen. You're a specimen of, in and of its own. I, I I don't know. That's probably a safe safe decision on your part to not <laughs> not take part in that ritual. But. Uh. I think I mean um, they call him Dr. Stick. So I mean, clearly yeah. he's not really he's not really retaining any of that Chipotle weight. I know I would. Yeah. I am. I currently am. So but even then he was like, I wanted to feel heavy with my legs when I started. I want to feel grounded. Which was very interesting. Yeah. It's like it makes sense, but it just it sounds does. weird. But it, it makes does. sense. I get it. I don't know how many times he's having to run over and cover first or back up third in high school. He's probably rolling out cgs all over the place but um no it's just he's a fun kid uh, once again i i think we just attract really cool players like really down to earth good people that enjoy life enjoy what they do enjoy being a good teammate and things like that and it's just and enjoy it's talking fun. about what they do with other people yeah like all the guys that we've gotten at least i mean i want to jinx it but pretty much every guy we've gotten has been like 
yes, like I recognize that I'm a professional baseball player and I know that that's cool to other people. It's cool to me yeah. as a player. And I want to be able to talk about those stories and I want to be able to help discuss. I want to, I want to add to the discussion of how we can better this game yeah. and grow it and grow its popularity. And I think that's why these guys want to talk with, with people like us and other media outlets where, because right. it's like, I see, I see what we're able to do. And I, but at the same time, I also see the things that we're doing that aren't getting any love or aren't being talked about. And mm-hmm. I want to sh- like the, to use a, a phrase that you always use. I want to shed light on this. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I know I won't speak for you, but I know for me, I'm just fortunate that these guys are willing to talk about those things and that they want to, that they want to share those stories and, and kind of give us just a brief glimpse on their experience as a professional baseball player, something that I know for me and you always wanted to do. We never got there. Mm-hmm. So it's just cool. I know what I would say, but it's cool to kind of live vicariously through these guys, if not for just a and, minute. And even as a fan, I think it's helped us as fans. It's helped me a hundred percent seeing and paying attention to these guys being like, I'm rooting for this guy. That's not a Yankee that probably will be pitching against the Yankees at some point, maybe this postseason, but definitely next year, where it's like, I, I'm still going to root for this guy because it's like, he's a good person. And that's for the Mike Yazes of the world, the, the Ross Striplings of the world. You can, we can go down the list over and over again of the guys we've gotten to talk to, but it's made me a better fan because it's gotten me outside of my, my comfort zone of the, the typical games that I watch, the typical people that I pay attention to. And they're not... I think I like the fact that we're not talking to the Mike Trouts and the Bryce Harpers. You know what I'm saying? Everyone talks to those. You can look up a million interviews of those guys on MLB Network, on whatever, and you're, you're going to hear their perspective. But we're talking to dudes that salt to the earth guys, you know? They're just grinding. Not to yeah. say that those other guys aren't, but they're giving us the... I guess, I guess, yeah, they're giving us the, the everyday average Joe yeah. perspective because they're not dealing with that, that stardom yet. Not to say, yeah. I mean, they majority of the guys we talked to probably certainly will, but yeah. as of right now, I think we've got them in a, in a very unique spot and it, at a very unique stage in their careers. So it's been yeah. a blast so far. So 1 trillion percent. Uh, what else do we got? Probably skipping. This next episode, Probably skip this, this ne- week. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense with uh, our usual beach house. Our usual, <laughs> yeah, we got a got a whole situation <laughs> here. Just doesn't make sense to try to cram something in, uh, especially with just everything changing by the day and with us releasing on a Thursday or Friday, but the season doesn't end till the weekend. It's just yeah. I mean, nothing that we say would really add any value to the to the conversation yeah. that would ultimately culminate like I said, on the weekend. So we'll probably just save it, uh, kind of do a little recap slash preview uh, next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the meantime, if you have not already, be sure to enter our giveaway on Instagram. You'll see the graphic. It's very easy to do. This is a big one. Biggest this is a we've ever big done. dog. This is big dog stuff. I'm trying to I mean, throw out some love. The biggest one we've ever done. We're giving away an MLB jersey, giving away a hat, giving away a an MLB hat, by the way, giving away a chance to hop on the pod with us. You will literally be on an episode with us. And it's yeah. not like a 30 second thing. Like we're going to do an episode together. Yeah. You're going to be, you're going to, you're going to listen to the 
how we take an hour to start recording because Facts. we chop it up about oh we're gonna stuff. do that too we're gonna give them the whole the whole they're getting the whole the whole shebang i like that I, I think it's shabam shwami you're in the Root whole or salami. route pecan 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 um yeah, what else we got we got uh decals we got no 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 cases. so we thought it was decals remember i know decals. i forgot to mention last episode we mentioned decals because remember we couldn't remember what the what that other tier was and i was yeah, like bro yeah. it's bringing somebody onto the pod yeah so we're scratching the de- well we might do decals who knows that might be a little bonus giving everything away bro and i think you came up with the idea of just announcing the winners on the next episode right yeah yeah we're just gonna do that so that that might be more fun yeah and we don't know where it's going to be. I don't know if I'm going to say it in the beginning. I don't know if we're going to say it at the end. Maybe we'll do it throughout the episode. Who knows? You have, oh, one, you have to listen to the whole gift, freaking thing. Yeah, you have to just listen to, listen to us ramble on. Nah, I'm just playing. But we'll figure something out. I think it'll be next next episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, so we'll take a little little pause from our regular season recap slash yeah. postseason preview and do some some prize talk. But other than that, you got anything else? That's it. Hope you guys enjoyed. Um, hope you guys continue to root for these guys the same way Kyle and I do. And if uh, your team is in the hunt, enjoy the start of the postseason. And in the meantime, please don't go chasing any curveballs. We love you all. And as always, we're looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until next time, stay filthy. We'll